Two, we're going to get into uh, Shakira's Cosmopolitan November 2021 cover and interview. Uh, we're also going to get into if Doja Cat was a color, she'd be hot pink. Uh, just kidding. Absolutely the fuck not. We got some interesting topics we're going to get into today. So just sit back, uh, pull out that Jimmy, and uh, let's go to work. I spoke up on this last podcast. It was very brief. Uh, I just brought it up. It's kind of like... Uh, Something that caught me off guard. Uh, something that definitely made me question like my entire existence and pretty much like everything I believe in uh, as a whole. Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase. The other day, I met a kid named Bob. Fucking Bob. Yeah, you heard it right, man. You heard it right. B-O-B Bob, motherfucker. We ain't talking like no teenager, no preteen bullshit. This man was like two. And yeah, I didn't stutter. I said, man. That ain't no fucking kid, bro. Ain't no fucking kid named Bob. That's like a baby girl named Kathy. That ain't no fucking kid, bro. That ain't no fucking baby, bro. You're not gonna tell me, bro. This dude had the beer belly and all. Two years old. Fucking Bob. My boy pulled up to the park with his own cooler type shit, man. This motherfucker had a receding hairline. <laughs> I'm dead ass. It's hilarious. Fucking button up shirt, pants tucked in, you know. Coco Melon, man. Nah. This Robert fellow gave off a serious Don Draper vibe. Like, I've seen every episode of Mad Men ever type of vibe. Literally, only baby with a spatula that says, best dad ever. And, of course, it's engraved into that gorgeous sycamore wood handle. <laughs> Which he takes so much pride in. <laughs> and he, of course, received it for Father's Day. This kid was literally making his own jean shorts in the womb. Shit, apparently doctors suggest a, uh, a barbecue sauce recipe was also carved into his mother's amniotic sac prior to birth. Yep. Kid. Kid named Bob. But, uh... Anyways, enough with this fucking psychopath. On to another. How about our president? I'm at the point I would probably rather suck a ham-flavored popsicle until the stick fucking disintegrates than listen to Joe Biden. Ever again. I mean, he is more lost than Lizzo's G-string. And my friend, you cannot get any more lost than that. Just ask her dozens of missing remotes. The only way I can describe how that guy speaks, I guess, would be to say, like, I don't know, maybe like every time he speaks, he just sounds like his brain is chewing on a Laffy Taffy or something. Very under duress. Uh... Besides ending racism, though, with that black square, another awesome thing you guys did was vote for a segregationist into the most important position in the world. The President of the United States of America. Fucking idiots. Use your fucking heads. We have the answer to literally everything in the palm of our hands, yet we are more uneducated than ever. Make it make sense. 
I'm definitely an independent, but the far left is so easy to make fun of. It's like a comedic sin to not roast them time to time. Fix the gender wage gap. But you guys said gender doesn't exist. I'm fucking lost. WNBA players should be making just as much as the men in the NBA. Uh, no, they shouldn't because they don't bring in a quarter of the amount of money that they do. You guys can't even, they can't even dunk. Like, what the fuck? Oh. I swear to God, like, every argument they have is just contradicted by another argument that they have. I just never thought that people could be, like, so, so, uh, so stupid, so idiotic. But, you know, you guys voted an 80-year-old senile nursing home patient in office. Who shits his pants at the Vatican and sniffs children as well. And I love, I love how you guys think you're so rebellious and against the system. Yeah, you're literally on your knees topping off the government. You literally listen to everything they tell you to do. We gotta wear a mask in the car to protect us from a virus with a 99.5% survival rate. I see some of you morons jogging down the goddamn street all by yourselves at 8.30 in the morning. The fuck are you going to catch COVID from? A tree? A fire hydrant? What the fuck are you doing? Mask in the car, bro. All by yourself. It's like wearing a condom every time you jerk off. Because you're, you're scared you're going to get somebody pregnant. <laughs> Fucking stupid. The thing I did want to address as well is that um, I had a uh, young lady on Twitter. Uh, I don't even have Twitter, but I heard it through uh, the grapevine, I guess you could say. Um, she took to Twitter to say some things about my podcast that were uh, completely unnecessary. Um, I mean, everybody has a right to their own opinion, but um, you don't need to say things about me that are false. Like call me um, white trash, which I thought was a little, little odd. Why do you have to bring race into this? Um, a little weird. But uh, th this young girl, there's just a lot of professional victims these days, I guess you could say. But this young girl makes uh, content as well for, you know, children from what I've seen. Probably 5 to 10, maybe preteen, 10 to 13. I don't, I don't know what their audience would be, but it seems like young kids. Um, so it's two very different styles so she goes to twitter and you know she says something i'm not funny or something like that yet yeah, not funny to you know you maybe just like your content is not funny to me or to anybody who uh hit puberty i would say um she seems like a very nice girl though i just it was a little ridiculous that she would say that about me and then judge me like that without knowing me um my style of com it is comedy uh everything i do is comedy uh for the most part um it's nice way for me to instead of going out and doing stand-up it's a lot easier for me to do it on here um i really don't have the time to be going back and forth to new york or the funny bone or whatever to to do stand-up with uh i have a kid i work a full-time job it's it's not easy so it's best for me to do my stand up and jokes on here that you know I do work hard on and that I do love to do I've always loved to tell jokes um, and I would hope people are smart enough to tell the difference between a joke and you know somebody with ill intentions and blatant hatred um, from my reactions and I've been writing for a long time um, I, I know 
my material is good. It is funny. People enjoy it. Uh, maybe not. If you take offense to everything, you're not going to enjoy it. If you take everything serious that people say you're not going to enjoy it, it is a joke. It is comedy. Uh, you, I mean, that those type of people tried to cancel Dave Chappelle, uh, one of the greatest comedians of all time. Uh, if you notice, I mean, you're literally not even seeing good comedy movies really being made anymore. People are scared to put out comedy or even make a joke because they're scared they're going to get canceled, which is so wrong. Uh, comedy is an art, and it could be in many different forms of art. I mean, uh, many different styles. Uh, you got Jerry Seinfeld, who is completely clean. You got um, guys like I said, Dave Chappelle, Mark Norman, um, Burt Kreischer, you know, guys that are, you know, absolutely hilarious, and they are a little bit more dirty, or they are a little bit more... Um, on the risky side with their jokes, but you cannot take offense to comedy. Um, if somebody genuinely is being ra really racist and homophobic and has really ill intent with it, I mean, then yeah, they should not, they should lose endorsements, whatever, they shouldn't be supported. But somebody like me, um, yeah, I made some gay jokes my last podcast but they were jokes i have family who are who is gay and i i love them to death um it is a joke and they find it very funny my content because <laughs> it is a joke they are smart enough to know that um and i think you guys that are trying to with the cancel i can't culture stuff like that i think you are smart enough as well i think you guys just love to play victim and you guys love to be offended um it gets you guys attention even if it's negative attention you guys just want attention and that's fine but don't don't try and come for me uh, I'm not trying to come for you it's really rude I didn't hurt anybody I didn't try to offend anybody I did not say anything with ill intent or hatred because I don't have any of that in my heart uh, especially for somebody's sexual preference or skin color or whatever uh, or gender whatever um, if you don't like my material do not listen to my podcast and if you don't like it then you're not going to go on twitter i mean you can it's a free country but what's that say about you if you're going to go on twitter call me white trash i'm white trash i mean i could say some things about you that would just be inappropriate and that i just wouldn't say because that's that's not right that's a mean thing to do and trust me i could say a lot and i'm just not going to do that because that's wrong um, so I just wanted to clear that. I shouldn't have even wasted my time on it, but it's just something that, sadly, in 2022, you have to uh, <laughs> justify jokes on a podcast that says in my description that it is stand-up comedy. And then <laughs> what's funny to me, too, is this girl said on Twitter, um, she said that it is the worst podcast she's ever heard in her life. Then when my sister checked this girl, because my sister, I told her not to, but, you know, it's my sister, and she's just a little badass. She's funny as hell. Um, she goes, I only listened to 10 minutes of it. She tells my sister. Okay, so clearly you were just trying to start uh, shit and uh, get some clout on Twitter about something uh, that you turned negative. Um, 
speaks care or speaks volumes about uh, somebody's character doing something like that. But uh, yeah, enough of this. This is just something uh, I don't ever want to have to discuss again. Uh, it's comedy, and that's that. If it's not your style of comedy, don't listen to it. Just to kind of stay on another uh, negative subject, uh, my girlfriend just moved in with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god. I love you, Kaylee. Uh, no, but she's the best. I love that she's here. It's just funny that uh, your whole daily routine changes, you know. Uh, <laughs> your routine will never be the same, you know, when you're single, living by yourself. Uh, neither will your shower drain. Neither will that shower drain. Uh, the other day, I, I shit you not, I pulled fucking Rapunzel out of my shower. <laughs> uh yeah, the amount of hair that comes out of that girl's scalp when she takes a shower, <laughs> you would think she looks like Bruce Willis today. I mean, it, it is it's crazy. But she doesn't look like Bruce Willis at all. She's like the total opposite, actually. She looks like Bruce Willis if Bruce Willis wasn't Bruce Willis and he was a hot brunette with a nice ass and nice body. I mean, she, she's great. I, I, I love this girl so much. She's so sweet. It's like the first time in my life I feel like I've actually been, like, truly in love. Like, I love her. Don't be wrong. I've, I've been, I've loved before, but I, I am truly just so in love with this girl. Like, we, I never got along with somebody from the opposite sex so well that I'm in a relationship with. I mean, we just really hit it off. Like, I mean, this girl never argue. Like, what is that? I mean, I feel like a big part of it has to do with learning a lot. Uh, from my past relationships, you know, and, and, you know, there, there was, you know, I was a big problem in my past relationships, and, um, you know, every everybody has their faults in the relationship, but, you know, you look at the things you did wrong, and, you know, you want to fix it for, for the future, and I really worked on some of the things um, from my past relationships, and, and I almost took notes after and really reflected on myself and, and me and this girl never never argue we never of course we have our moments we get aggravated with each other but you know what we do we're able to go in another room you know and then we miss each other and then we we come back <laughs> she's cool with that this girl's so cool i mean i think it's important a relationship like you you need to understand like people need their space and she gets that she's especially younger girls, I mean, she's in her early 20s, you know, she gets it, uh, if I, you know, need space, she knows, and she'll go in the other room, you know what I mean, she gets that, you know, a lot of the time when you're in a young relationship, I just remember being in a relationship, you know, being young, and you guys are so attached to each other, like, attached by the hip, you know, it seems at times, um, you know, one of you will be in the other room, and you'll be in the other room, and then you feel like a weird tension, you know, like you shouldn't feel guilty for needing alone time, and I never feel like that with her. Kaylee's really a special, special girl. I just, I'm very grateful for her, not to get all cheesy, but that's my girl, man. I, <laughs> I like her. Sometimes we talk about, like, having kids in the future and stuff, and that's always, like, funny, um... I would love to give Rocco my son, Rocco DePaolo. Tell me it's not the coolest name in the world. I love that kid more than anything on the face of this earth. Uh, 
But yeah, we talk about having kids sometimes. That's always fun, like the beginning of a relationship where you're like, what would you name our kids? How many kids do you want to... You know, I was tapped out at kids. I was so good with one until, you know, you meet the right person and I met her and definitely, definitely would consider having children with her one day. She'd be a great mother. She would really be a great mom. Just the way she is with my son is so cool. When you meet a girl and you say you have a kid, you know, and you meet a girl, you know, you're your single dad, whatever. You meet a girl, and uh, that that's that girl's got to love that kid as much as she loves you. That's always been important. I feel like growing up, you know, there's been certain times with both my parents where they've had significant others who were absolute terrible fucking people, um, just terrible people. They they didn't. They treated me and my sister like shit, you know? And if my parents could go back in time and do it all over, my dad, God rest his soul, um, they would, especially my mother. In a heartbeat, they would, you know? But uh, it's just the way way things are sometimes, you know? And I, I've seen my parents make mistakes growing up, uh, just like I'm sure my parents seen their parents make mistakes growing up, that, you know, they, they want to do things different with their kids, and, and you're able to learn. Um, you know, I've seen, I seen something. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Uh, Excuse me, but um, they said that, um, you know, you're, you're, I see it now. Like, your parents, when they had you, you look at them like they have all the answers. You know, they're just figuring it out. Um, just like I am right now with my kid. And just like we are as parents, especially young parents. But one way I want to be with my son, too, is I, I don't want to... I don't want him to... I'm not going to portray to him like I do have it all figured out. Because I, I fucking don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. And uh, that's where... That was something that really bothered me as a kid, you know. When I feel like a lot of the adults in my life would always make me feel like I was wrong. Just because I was a kid. And now that I'm older and I look back and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I was, I was actually right with that. I was right. And little things like that that parents and, and people don't understand is that that affects kids growing up. You know, they don't know if they're ever... They always question themselves, I feel. You know, I know I do. I always question myself. Not to get too deep or anything, but I do. Um, I, I do question a lot of my thoughts and, and this and that. And that's why I'm such a... I, I, if, I, if I do see something and I'm going to support it or this or that, I, I become obsessive with it and I want to know all the details. Because I want to know for a fact that I'm right. Absolutely, I want to know that I'm right. I don't want to just spew bullshit ever. That's never my uh, my intention. The truth is something that's very important to me. And like I said, you don't really see it a lot nowadays. The truth isn't embraced, it's hidden. And I think that's ridiculous, and that's something, you know, that needs to be fixed in our society, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's funny talking about, like, parents' past relationships, blah, 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 that I was doing that. But uh, my dad had this girlfriend when I was a kid. I mean, this lady fucking... Now that I look back, I'm older, like, this lady was terrible. Uh, <laughs> she was... a She was... I loved her kids. They were, they were good. But uh, she was a bitch. She, like, had it out for me and my sister so bad. I think it's just because I was birthed from another vagina. But whatever. Fuck her. Um... She had a brother, man. Just some funny shit. I just think of this, man. This guy was so funny, man. Um, 
the guy was so funny. We'll say his name's Gary. Uh, this guy's hilarious. I mean, I still see him around Bristol sometimes. He's uh, he's homeless now, but uh, he has a sign. He's always near uh, the grocery store, outside the grocery store. Big beard now, too. Looks totally different. He's got a beard, and he holds a sign, and it says, uh, War veteran, help me out. This dude was not a fucking war veteran, bro. <laughs> this guy was not a war veteran at all. Uh, <laughs> the only... Uh, the only thing that guy's a veteran of is, like, crack or meth or, like, keyboard cleaner. Just whatever you could pretty much get your get his hands on, you know? <laughs> no, the guy was interesting, though. He was very good to me when I was a kid and my sister. I like this guy. Uh, say his name's Gary. <laughs> this guy was a great guy, man. He's not probably not a great guy, but he was good to me, and that's what, you know, I remember. I remember I went camping with this gentleman one time. And he had cancer. Yes, the only crackhead ever to be cancer. I mean, these motherfuckers are just built different, man. But, uh, yeah, we go camping one night, and this dude's like, uh, I'm like seventh grade, and this guy's just like, yeah, man, um, let's go camping, blah, blah, We go camping anyways. My dad used to live on 100 acres of land. He had a bunch of woods in his backyard. So, anyways, we go camping, just me and him. I mean, that was the biggest mistake. I, that was so scary, man. Fucking, it's legit three o'clock in the morning this guy has cancer keep in mind stomach cancer he's throwing up all night i'm like oh my god and i guess like a bunch of kids party over in that area of the woods i didn't fucking know and they were uh partying and this dude has a machete he's like i'm gonna fucking kill him i'm gonna kill him and i'm like dude please like what the fuck don't kill anybody like <laughs> scaring the shit out of me dude i don't even have hair on my balls yet you're talking about murder like <laughs> fuck <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much walked back home like two hours later as soon as that sun came up. I was like, yo, Dad, I'm never going camping again. Like, absolutely not. I would, like, rather jerk off with sandpaper. That was a nightmare. I'd rather let Edward Scissorhands give me a fucking handy. Yeah, that was rough. Being a kid was fun, man. It's just the shit we used to get into, man. I just think uh, I was talking about, like, the other day with my, uh, my friend and my boy. I was like, bro... Remember just those, like, go for, like, fucking three-mile-long walks just to take two hits of a spliff. <laughs> fucking walk back high as hell. And those two hits got you high for the day. You're, like, 14 years old, 13. You're, like, back when, you know, that was so fun, man. Uh, shit, I remember when I was a little kid, I used to sit on top of my roof, smoke a fucking 99-cent wood tip black and mild and listen to Rick Ross, and I would, like, literally feel like I was Rick Ross. Motherfucker, you ain't Rick Ross. <laughs> that dude smoking <laughs> thousands of dollars fucking Cuban cigars. You dumbass. Man, I remember one time me and my sister, man, we went to go see my father in Florida. My dad was just a funny, spontaneous guy, man, with certain things. Uh, he was just... <laughs> He so we go visit him in Florida and he's like, Yeah man, like I got a hotel for us. I'm like, sick, cool. And like, fucking hotel, cool. I wasn't expecting anything crazy, but this motherfucker didn't disappoint. Like this hotel was merged with a Mexican restaurant, true story. Uh which is cool, Mexican food's great, but I mean you the carpet in this hotel is one of those hotels like you you gotta wear fucking socks i mean you wear fucking boots if you can because once you take your socks off, start walking on this carpet, your feet turn black. And it was it was one of those hotels, like it it was crazy. Like fuck a dog, just fucking have a cockroach in your bed at night. <laughs> that was an interesting hotel, man. Uh, 
I can't remember the name of it, but fuck. So anyways, me and my sister go for a walk one night. We're in Florida. We're all out of weed. I used to sneak my weed on the plane, and I put it in a Cheez-It box. Uh, just put it, like, in the mix, like, with the Cheez-Its. It was funny. But, uh, yeah, so anyways, I remember going through TSA. I was like, yes, like, I did it. I'm like, fucking, a fucking drug smuggler. Felt legit. Dumbass. But, uh, yeah, we go for a walk that night, and we're like, just stupid kids, man, like 16 years old, you know, I'm like, we wanted weed, and we're like, looking around, you know, like, I go up to this, these fucking, like, crackheads, man, it's Florida, man, there's a lot of crackheads, um, I go, hey, uh, you guys know where I can get some butter on here, you know where I can get some weed, they're like, you can ask AK-47, but he'll probably shoot you in your fucking face, word for word, that's what they, that's what they said, man, <laughs> and I'm like, me and my sister are like, alright, well, fucking, take out the notepad, don't ask AK-47, so, uh, yeah, anyways, we don't get any weed. We're like, fuck it, whatever. Next day rolls around. Me and uh, me and my sister, you know, go to the store with my dad. We come back home, or come back to the hotel. Uh, come back to the hotel. There's this dude just sitting outside, man, just like, you know, fucking, he seems like down. And my dad goes, what's going on, man? He goes, yeah, I fucking locked out of my house, man. The dude had milk with him. And my dad's like, oh, no, come in, man. You can come in. Uh, my, my kids smoke. You smoke. And he's like, yeah, I smoke. And he had, like, weed and shit because he was smoking a spliff when we pulled up. So we go in, blah, blah, blah. We're smoking and having a good time and everything. And, uh, you know, after, like, an hour of smoking and just bullshit, I go, yo, I never got your name. Like, what's your name? He goes, AK-47. I'm like, <laughs> ding. <laughs> Me and my sister look at each other, like, smirk. And I was like, uh, nice, nice. He's like, yeah, it's my favorite gun. I'm like, clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, it's funny, because like, I should have just known the dude had a fucking AK-47 tatted on his face. <laughs> Super nice dude, though. Like, I, I don't... He didn't shoot me in the face, put it that way. He was actually a really cool dude. And then his girl came back, and he was like, where the fuck you been? She was like, uh, I was at the pool. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I got milk. And he's like, oh, cool. So, yeah, that was just a little weird, funny story, man. That was a funny, funny story. You just have some funny moments as a as a kid, man. I think I talked about this on the other podcast I got coming up too, um, but this is just this one just fucking cracks me up every time, man. My my biology teacher, my science teacher in fucking high school, man. Interesting woman. Uh, so in high school senior year, my uh, my mom's stepbrother, my uncle, man. He's my uncle. I love this dude. Shout out my boy. Shout out my uncle, man. He's the coolest. I love this dude. Um. But, yeah, so, he's at the bar one night. Me and my boys, you know, we're, we're home. We're just chilling, sitting on the couch, smoking fucking ganja and fucking drinking some Jack Daniels. And this dude comes home from the bar. And uh, we're sitting on the couch, and right comes in right behind him is my fucking sophomore year uh, science teacher. <laughs> she comes in, she looks at me, she goes, and she looks at my boy, and she goes, Nick. Zach, I gotta get the fuck out of here, <laughs> and we're like, oh my god, it's Miss, you know, like, holy shit, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting to say the least, so she comes down, she comes in, she ends up, uh, sitting down, uh, really weird, just smoking a joint and drinking some fucking whiskey in front of my teacher, who literally sent me to the office, like, every fucking day in high school, because, one time, I drew a picture of the teacher in the class over, sucking on a dick, and then I slid it under his door, and right when I did that, he opened the fucking door, and he was like, uh, 
dude, what the fuck? Why would you draw this picture of me sucking on a cock? But yeah, she was. Uh, she would always like send me to the office and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, anyway, so she comes in. She's sitting on the couch, bro. I shit you not. This girl, this lady, starts like, like rubbing my lower back, and I'm like, gross. You're a big bitch. So I get up and I uh, nothing against big bitches or anything, but like, it's my teacher, man. Like the fuck. So I get up and I just move over and then. She snatches my boy's phone, and she's like, you're fucking recording me. You're fucking recording me. She's like a Karen, you know what I mean? That, that might even be her fucking name. Who knows? But anyways, she's like, you're recording me. And then he's like, no, the fuck I'm not. So she goes outside, and, like, my boy chases after her. We all go after her, and he takes the phone. He goes, you fat bitch. And he takes the phone, and then he goes back inside. And then we lock her out, and she's, like, banging on the door. She's, like, banging on the door. I'm like, Chris, you know... Go fucking deal with this shit. So my uncle to go deal with this shit. And he goes and deals with it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and honestly, he didn't fucking deal with it because he comes back in and she's still going. So I'm like, yo, stop banging on my fucking door. And I started yelling at her. She called the cops, uh, which was hilarious because, I mean, what could she have possibly told them? Like, they locked me out of that their house because I took their phone and I tried to fuck a minor and... Like, I don't know what she wanted the cops to do. That's a Karen, in a nutshell. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, really, really, really funny. She sounds like, when she's not doing uh, teaching or just doing weird shit like that, she sounds like she spends, like, 70% of her life on the phone with some type of customer service. So this is a segment I was really, really, really looking forward to doing. Uh, I just think it's uh, very interesting, these stories. Uh, so these are Reddit confessions. Uh, I'm going to try and do this on every podcast and uh, make this kind of a, a regular segment, regular occurrence on the podcast. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Uh, this is just fuck. Uh, anyway, so anonymous, I heard about a guy in the dorms who was really into fitness. He would have those protein shakes and stuff. Apparently, he then started having asshole pain and didn't know why. Went to the doctor who informed him he had been unknowingly been sodomized. Apparently, his roommate would spike his protein shakes and rape him when he passed out. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Poor guy, man. Oh, my God. I would, uh... I'd kill that motherfucker. I mean, I'd kill him. And it would be, like, fucking law-abiding citizen style. Like, where Gerard Butler, like, tortured that dude for killing his family. Like, if you unknowingly penetrate my butthole in the minute, middle of the night, like, I'm killing you. And I'm doing it in the most fucked up way possible. I'm, I'm com This poor guy, like, that is terrible. I mean, especially he's a gym guy. Like, he probably has all the confidence in the world. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably a confident dude. And he's probably, he might even be yoked, you know what I mean? He might be a big boy, you know? And, uh, like, that makes you feel small, I would assume. I, I just can't even, that's terrible. And what if his roommate was, like, this, like, like super tiny, like, fucking, like, I don't know, like, nerdy dude, and he's just, like, like, if the, if the other dude was, like, conscious, you know what I mean? Like, the guy who's getting, you know, uh, like, butt-fucked, like, if he was conscious, I mean... Like, he would beat the shit out of this guy, but he wasn't. And what if this guy's just, like, this little, like, like, little, just me, 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 little fucking, like, nerd, you know what I mean? And he's just, 
fucking this guy, man, this big-ass dude in the middle of the night. Like, like, hey, uh, Gary, you forgot to take your protein shake tonight. Oh, shit, I almost did forget. Fucking takes the protein shake and then, you know. Who takes protein shakes before bed, though? That's weird. Like, this guy, like, bench-pressing in his dreams. Like, I don't know. That was weird, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Oh, my God. I mean, I guess he was kind of getting some type of, like, that bedroom cardio. You know, he's getting the bedroom cardio in unknowingly. That's fucked up. I shouldn't even joke about this. That's just crazy, man. I feel really bad for that guy. I, I would definitely be going to jail. I would, I would kill this motherfucker. And, and like I said, I would do it in the most, like, I would come home at night and be like, uh, I would just know. I'd be like, yeah, I'm about to make my protein shake, then probably go to bed, you know what I mean? What are you doing tonight? Oh, and the guy would be like, nothing, probably just staying in, you know, playing my fucking... Seems like a guy that would have, like, a fucking, like, a fucking DS or something. He's like, oh, I'll just be playing my Nintendo tonight. You know what I mean? I'll be playing the Wii. Uh, cool, all right, I'm gonna take my protein shake and then uh, knock out. And then, uh, like, before I take my protein shake, though, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, I'm gonna take a shower. Like, make it known that I'm going to be away from my drink, so he definitely does it this night. So, uh, anyways, I'd, I'd go do what I got to do, come back out. Uh, like, maybe fake drink, you know, the protein. Or f figure out a way. I'd be like, mm, that protein was good, you know. And then uh, I would uh, fake sleep, blah, blah, blah. And then this motherfucker, when he would try and get me, you know, I would just immediately, like, Gah! Caught you, motherfucker. And then I would, like, uh, find a way to, you know, like, handicap him, like, maybe choke him out. Or do some shit like that. And then uh, once that's done, I would, uh, or no, I'd get a gun. I'd get a gun. And then right when he goes to, like, pull my pants down to uh, initiate, like, penetration, I would be like, ah, I caught you, you fucking son of a bitch. And then I'd be like, get on the fucking ground. Get on the fucking ground. You want to butt fuck me? You want to butt fuck me? You're done butt fucking me. All right? And then, uh, yeah. I would be like, get on the fucking bed! Get on the fucking bed! And then I'd make him get on the bed. And then I would be like, uh, I, would, I would handcuff him. I would handcuff him. And then I would be like, I would tease him at first. I'd be like, I'd get some like fucking uh, really uh, like dense scissors. Like some fucking like rusty dense like fucking scissors, man. And I would just be like, I'm going to cut your dick off with these scissors. And it's gonna hurt, you piece of shit. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, I would just uh, torture the fuck out of him. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd kill him, but I would torture him. Like I would, uh, like things would be going in his butthole that shouldn't go in a butthole. You know what I mean? Like, like shit. I'm looking at this glass right here that I have filled with Dr Pepper. Like that, that would go up there. This microphone, the fucking my computer like everything would go up this guy's ass i would i would destroy him i would absolutely just this guy would hate his life and uh yeah i mean that's it i would this guy would just i would fucking destroy him butt fucking me in my sleep ha. i'll butt fuck you in real life bitch crazy shit but, uh, yeah, I got another one, too, uh, that I want to get into. There's so many. I mean, they are just absolutely insane. But uh, here is another confession that I have on here. Okay, so this is from Anonymous. Uh, okay, so a mother calls the fire department because her son was in the bathroom taking a shower. 
and he wasn't responding to anything after an hour or so. When they bust in the door, they find the kid in fetal position in a pool of his own blood with a plunger sticking out of his ass. Turns out the kid was fucking himself with a plunger and slipped. The plunger impaled through a good amount of organs, killed him instantly. Um, so, oh, fuck. So, as a mother, I mean, you're finding out a lot about your son right there. And it's a, it's very sad, you know, he died. Uh, but there's, uh, you're finding out a lot about your son in that moment, and you can never ask him. So, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind, you know, besides he just died, like, oh my god, like, it's terrible, but, you know, questions start to raise, like, was he gay? You know what I mean? Um, was he gay? Was he just experimenting? Why a plunger? I feel like there's other, you know, there's alternatives. There's more dick-shaped, you know, alternatives to be putting up there, other than a plunger. I just feel like uh, you can get a sliver. You know, you can get a sliver. Uh, so it's just, you know, I feel like there's alternatives um, to that. But, I mean, you are in the bathroom. There's only so many dick-shaped objects in the bathroom, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, you, you went for the plunger. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, that one, that's one of the questions that I raised, like, is my son gay? Like, I can never talk to him about this now. You know, that's something, you know you would want to know because I, I would assume like coming out could be very difficult um you know like some of the people i know that have come out as gay like it was it was difficult for them and luckily for them their parents are very accepting and you know i'm sure this kid's mother would have been very accepting i know it's just uh it's got it's got to be tough uh but the the mother you know she probably thinks like oh man like i, I could have helped them and talked to him and you know this would have been good you know what i mean like he he just I mean, he still would have probably stuck the plunger up his ass anyways. It's not like he, he killed himself on purpose, but, you know, maybe he could have did that, you know, in front of his family. You know, he could have did that in the open rather than having to hide it. You know what I mean? He could have uh, openly embraced that that shit he was into. Uh, a plunger. And, and, I mean, another question that would definitely raise, too, is, like, you'd feel... You'd feel terrible. I mean, you would want to know, like, what, why, what, who was my son? I feel like you don't know who your son is when you find him like that. You know what I mean? I mean, if you caught your son watching, like, uh, like homosexual porn or like bestiality porn or like something fucked up, you know what I mean? You that would just, you know, raise questions like, do I really know my son? Um, let alone finding him with a, you know, plunger in his, in his anus. That's a terrible way to die. I mean, can you just imagine you get to the pearly gates? They're just like, hey, why, why, why are you here? What happened to you, man? It's like, uh, I fucking, you know, I overdosed or I, you know, uh, I fell off a bridge trying to save a pregnant woman from fall or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I had, I had cancer, you know, it got me, finally got me, you know, and this guy's just like, like, what happened to you, kid? And he's just like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, I was, uh, I put a, I put a plunger in my ass, you know what I mean? It's just, and then everybody in heaven's just like, oh, man, no, seriously, what'd you do? And he's like, no, seriously, man, like, I, I died with, with a plunger in my, my ass. I mean, that's, that's not a good way to really introduce yourself. That's for sure. Um, yeah, these these Reddit confessions are are something else. They're very interesting, though. I mean, I, I ended up finding myself 
looking at him for an hour last night. I'm like, holy shit, these are crazy. And uh, we'll do one more for sure. Um, okay. There was a guy who confessed that he stalked a girl for a year, hacked her love interest computer, planted a load of evidence that love interest had been stalking her, and was into a load of weird and creepy stuff. Revealed it to the girl, helped girl get a restraining order on love interest, used that as his way in with the girl, and eventually married her. What the actual fuck? See, that's a that's that's another case of like you don't know. That's evil, man. You would you don't even know you, that poor girl is married to this guy, and she has no idea how evil he is. And you know that other guy could have been the love of her life, and now she looks at him. How she should be looking at this guy. That guy's a real piece of shit. I hope he gets a plunger stuck up his ass. That is awful. Um, this poor girl probably just lives an everyday life and she's just like, yeah, you know, I found the sweetest guy. Jerry and I just really get each other. It's like, literally, you know, you should have been with Marvin. Just throwing random names out there, but you should have been with Marvin. The, the guy who was good. The guy who really... You know, wasn't watching fucking kitty porn or whatever this guy planted on his computer. That guy's a piece of shit. If I was the and and I wonder if the other guy knows, like, yeah, this guy fucking planted this on me, or he's just really like, what the fuck? Like, maybe I did do this. Like, maybe he's to the point where he's like, how did this get on my stuff? Like, maybe I did do this and I don't know. Maybe I have a problem. You know, what if this guy lost his job? What if he's in the mental institution now? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you like watching seagulls jerk off? You're on a fucking mental institution. And the guy's just like, I don't remember doing this. Like, but you did. It's on your computer history. You know? So that's got to be brutal. That's got to be a really tough situation. I really feel bad for that guy. That new guy's a real piece of shit, I'll tell you. And she's going to find out one day. And the sad thing is, like, one of the things I hate is, like, when people lie on my character or somebody thinks something about me that's not true. And I know I probably shouldn't, uh, for, especially for small things. But this is a big thing. Um, this poor guy probably must be like, this is not me. You know, how... And then people ask, her like, hey, why did Linda break up with you? And then he's just like, oh, uh, uh, you know, it just didn't work out. Literally, these people know, like, Linda thinks that you were watching some fucked up shit. You know what I mean? Linda thinks you were, like, getting off the childbirth videos and shit like that. Linda could fuck off. Linda needs to smarten up. You know who that guy was? That guy that was probably her best friend, you know what I mean? He's probably like, I'm in love with this girl. He's like, you know, can I get a hug type motherfucker? You know, and, and uh, just very jealous of her relationship. And he just decided to be a uh, corp corporal fucking cock block and absolutely just ruin this guy's life and his relationship at, just to get this girl that had no prior interest in him why would you even want to be with a girl that just is with somebody else and happy with somebody else i mean that's just terrible love is hard enough to come by as it is if she's happily in love with somebody let it be my friend let it be fucking weirdo i hate guys like that this is the kind of type of guy like is he bothering you you know like those guys clubs is he, is he bothering you like no he's my boyfriend leave me the fuck alone you fucking weirdo 
I'll take care of this for I'll take care of him. Is everything okay? You good? Yeah, I've been dating the guy for six years. He's my husband. He fucking... I carried his seed for nine months and we have a baby now. Who the fuck are you? Fucking idiot. I hate try-hard guys, man. They're so... Oh my god, they're so annoying. Like, guys who try so hard with women, they'll just be like... Like, they always want to come across as like, a protector or something, or like just something like, like I got you, or like he'll comment on their stuff on like social media. You'll see, and be like, like girls will post something like, yeah, hanging out with my best friend Lindsay tonight. It's gonna be an awesome night. A guy will comment like, I thought I was your best friend. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Do you understand that you're like that's unattractive? Like, no women is gonna appeal to that. I mean, I, I thought we were besties. <laughs> like, bro. You're fucking weird. You're fucking weird, bro. These dudes are so weird these days, man. I mean, probably it's always been like this, but with the the added aspect of social media and stuff, oh my god, these dudes are so weird. Like these dudes will really be stressing over a girl who absolutely doesn't fuck with them, and the main reason why they don't fuck with them is because you're you. Change the way you are, man. Set the bar. Be it be a alpha. Be a guy that women are gonna, you know. Uh, you're gonna appeal to women you know what I mean you can't appeal to women when you're just acting like a little bitch fucking weirdo all the time I'll tell you right now one thing girls don't like if I figured anything out is a guy who fucking tries too hard for their approval it's just it's so it comes off so weird and phony and just first of all dude be yourself and if you are truly a good person and you're a cool dude a girl's gonna naturally fuck with you but if you're trying so hard to be something like you're you're not it's it's very obvious it's very fucking obvious and women will realize that shit immediately and dip on you and for all you dudes who are just in the friend zone stay in the friend zone go move on find another girl all right because once you're in the friend zone there's a 99.9% chance you're staying in the fucking friend zone once a girl starts calling you best friend, no. Some guys are so weird, bro. Like, <laughs> girls will call you like, hey, best friend. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, I'm, I'm in. Like, this is my start. I'm in. Like, I work totally. And they, they continue to pursue this woman romantically when you're best friend. Like... I'm going to tell you, this girl's thinking like, oh, I finally have a guy where I can get a guy's input and I could tell him about the dick I sucked last night. And that guy's going to, you know, set himself up for failure and heartbreak because not only are you hearing this girl talk about fucking sucking off other dudes and, and you know, taking a finger in her butt at the club, you know what I mean? You're going to hear about... You're just never going to be in a relationship with this girl. You're just going to keep hurting yourself because you're going to keep hearing these things. She confides in you as a friend. And then when she's confiding you in a, as a friend and she trusts you with these things and you don't understand the fact that you're a friend zone, motherfucker, and you continue to pursue her romantically, feelings are going to get involved. Your feelings are going to get hurt because you're a weird little bitch anyways in the first place. And then you're, it's just going to turn sour. It's going to turn sour. Smarten up, men. A lot of fucking weirdos out there. Before I get into uh, the next segment, which is this 
interview with my boy John Willis, who I, I just absolutely can't wait to do. I uh, just got a response on TikTok. I comment. It's just funny to me. I don't know. I commented on this girl's TikTok. Uh, here's just a little idea of what kind of girl she is. Um, this is what the sound is on her video. I just want you to fuck me to sleep. Yeah, so she's like that breed of female. Um, you know, the best. Uh, so I commented on her thing. I go, LOL, awesome video. Remember when you shit your pants in the movie theater when we went to see Norbit? <laughs> she goes, not me. I don't know who you are. I go, LOL, the ride home was so awk. She goes, uh, I don't even know who you are. I said, LOL, my grandma just said you were so funny how you just handled it so well at such a young age. So that's pretty funny. I'm just, I'll, I'll uh, maybe keep you guys updated with that. But anyways, let's get into uh, this interview. So my guest today will be uh, a very good friend of mine. We are going to talk about fatherhood, life, um, everything growing up together i'm sure we've had we've had some great moments so get ready to laugh your ass off at some uh funny shit you know we've uh, experienced so we're going to talk about life uh everything this is uh this man right here is one of the most respectable uh men i, I ever had the privilege of knowing he is literally my brother i love him to death there's not really anything i would not do for this man um or his, or his beautiful family i absolutely love this dude uh Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, John Wallace. A little, little uh, backstory on John too that I always think the story is funny. John, uh, John ain't no bitch, bro. John is uh, <laughs> if you know John, John ain't no bitch. But uh, John is a uh, he's a big heart man. Sorry to put you out there like this, John. But uh, in uh, eighth grade, John, I wanted a hamster really bad. And this motherfucker's like, you want a hamster, man? I'm like, yeah, bro, I really want a hamster. John was like my big brother, and he's like. Here, man, gives me some money to go get a fucking hamster. Who, not to get too much off topic, but this hamster ended up, uh, it, it, uh, it fucking died. But, uh, yeah, anyways, John, here we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with John Wallace, my good friend, uh, one of, one of my best friends, a brother to me. Say what's up, John. What's going on, fellas? How you been doing, man? Ladies, gents. <laughs> um i'm good man how you doing i'm doing good man i'm doing good man just you know working being a dad you you, you get it you know how it is i already know man <laughs> how's, how's my uh how's my beautiful niece doing man nyla she's she's doing good she's doing good she's getting bigger getting smarter she wows me every day i know man so is little man over uh, here crazy yeah yeah my nephew's hanging in there yeah, bro, he is, he is, man. But that makes me so happy, bro, just to just to see you being a good dad. You really are a great father, man. It makes me uh, it, ha it makes me really happy to see you, the man you become, bro. I mean, I appreciate that so much, man. <laughs> the men we've become, like we've come a long way, bro. Especially you, brother. I mean, you've dealt with a lot of fucking adversity in your life, more than most people at your age. What are you, twenty five, twenty six now? Twenty six. Yeah, brother. Twenty six, I mean, going on forty. <laughs> bro, dead ass, bro. Once you have a kid, like I'm twenty five. Once I had a kid at like age ten years, so I'm technically like thirty five. Bro, once I had a kid, <laughs> like like extra bones started to creak and shit. Like the day he popped out, like <laughs> the day he popped out, I just became sore. <laughs> Every time I get up, ugh, making dad noises and shit. All right, it's funny. <laughs> but what is she now? Two. Well, she's three. She just turned three February. 
Um, her day is right before Valentine's Day. It's crazy. <laughs> That's when Rocco was actually due, man. February 14th, Valentine's Day. And then he came early. Oh, see? You see? Remember, We're always drawn to each other. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember her birthday party, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a classic time. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know if I can do it again yet, but... No, absolutely. I'm good for a while. <clears throat> I am good for a while, bro. Because my son wasn't really... He wasn't planned. You know, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Made me get my shit together. But uh, it's tough, man, being young and then... You know, you, you find out you're having a kid and you're like, oh, oh, my God. Like, it makes you, that's your make or break moment as a man right there. Like, I'm, am I going to Right, get right. You know, it, it's tough, man. And then I, I love my father to death and stuff, but he wasn't always around. And I know if he can go back, like, he would, he would definitely do some things over. But I was able to learn and say, you know, I always want to be there for my kid, no matter what the circumstances, you know. Yeah, that's major, especially seeing what the world's becoming and, and, and what's going on. Yeah. Um, being there for them is most important. No, you said it. You said it, brother. But one thing that just amazes me, bro, is like, like I said, you faced a lot of adversity in your life, and I have too. But I mean, you, you're just very interesting, bro. Because I mean, your back's been up against the wall, and you've you've prevailed every single time. It seems. Um, I, yeah. I know you dealt with your some issues with you know. Correct me if I'm getting too personal, but uh, I mean, you you were in jail for a little bit. I mean, you were really yeah. down, and then just to see you get out now, you're working, you work hard, you're a fucking great father. You're always with your daughter. I mean, your daughter is very lucky, man. A lot of people can't really turn that around. They're always in the streets, or they they can't get out. They're just used to that. Like it seems like you did that, man, and and you just just to see where you are, bro. It makes me like I can fucking cry, bro. Like it, it really uh. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's definitely um, in, in the beginning, you don't see the end. <laughs> so, how long were you, you, know, you don't really locked up for? It seemed like, seemed like a uh, long time, I remember, because I didn't speak to you for a long time. You there, John? Could you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, bro. It went mute real quick. How, how long were you locked up for? It was there for, I was in there for like 15 to 16 months. Jesus Christ, bro. And how old were you at that time? Young, man. Yeah, 16 going on 17. <laughs> yeah, brother, that's tough. And then you get out and yeah. it's like, that's, it's hard to really get out of that funk, especially when you don't have a lot of stability, you know what I mean? I know your grandmother was always just a great person, but they were older, you know what I mean? And and it's hard. Yeah, to really at the time, at the height of the crime, it was so, you know, it, it was a serious situation. Um, at the, At that time, I didn't really realize um what was at stake um, what was going on i was kind of um I, I was ignorant to a point but you know uh i you know um i was a kid <laughs> i was yeah. a kid and they put you in there with some grown-ass men too right like that was you weren't in no fucking juvie like you were in jail yeah uh, what yeah you but that's just unfortunate with the crime uh the crime was very it was serious so and what you know, did you I do? I tried it as an adult. What did you do to occupy yourself? Um, play ball and I learned how to play chess, bro. <laughs> Yo, for chess, real, bro. See, chess was the game. Um, yeah, reading chess, all that shit. I read. I read a lot. I read a lot. I um, and I got to sit down and really rearrange my list. You know what I want to do in life. What I want to do with things. Um, yeah. How I want to. Uh, how I want to um, take what I learn and and do for the better. You know, yeah. that, as opposed to going backwards, I always want to just move forward. So that's that gave me time to really just put everything together and 
put everything in perspective. Um, that's and got another, me going. That's another do or die moment. You you sit in there and you contemplate, and it's like, do I want to think about when I get out of here what I'm going to do for the negative or what am I going to do for the positive? You know what I mean? It seems right, like, right, 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 right. Would you say having your daughter made made you make that switch that had a big thing to do with it, or do you think you were just ready to make changes? Period. Because for example, like my son, man. Before he was born, you know, I had addiction problems and this and that. And then when my son was born, I just said, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to die and leave my son here with nothing. You know what I mean? Like, right, was, right, right. Did it take having a kid for you to really just fucking snap right into it and just. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. Um. So like far after that, uh, she came a little later after those, um, uh, those times. Um. And yeah. <laughs> It's a rude awakening, bro. Especially having a girl, you know. Oh. I, I don't know how it is with a with, with a little boy. I know I could imagine it. Mm-hmm. It's everything we talked about when we were younger. Yeah, you know, yeah. we had a lot of conversations about this. Now, <laughs> it's different with a boy, bro. Because I feel like yeah. with a boy, I mean, you're just you're you're don't be wrong. You're still very protective, but in different things. Like honestly, bro. Like okay. my son, don't be wrong. I don't want to be a little asshole, but the dating thing and stuff like it's more like yo i want my son to go get some girls you know what i mean but when you have a girl it's like i don't want, want my daughter talking to any guys i mean right, right except the fact that she's going to it's just life but you know you're a father that's your baby girl you know what i mean like you're, you're protective right. and it's a different it's a different type of protective i don't have a daughter but i have a little sister growing up that you know i was very close with yeah and then in, in the beginning with like you know the whole you know uh fatherhood becoming into fatherhood it, it was crazy you know i wasn't me personally i wasn't ready i can't speak for most but me i wasn't ready i was um you weren't <laughs> i no i wasn't ready that's something that happened and mm-hmm. you know they handed me my baby over in the delivery room and everything just changed in that instant you know everything just everything. i snapped into reality like wow it's, i'm here yeah it's, I it's happening when they handed me Rocco, bro, I mean, I was just like, after that C-section, you know, they just handed me the baby and I'm like, like, I don't ever want to disappoint this child. I want this kid to think I'm a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want right. to, you know, it's tough. Like, so somebody like me and you, like we've had, you know, missteps in our lives and, and tough times in our life, like embarrassing almost like on my, like I'm embarrassed about really some of the things that I've done. Like, yeah. do I tell my son these things so that he doesn't end up making the same decision. Don't be wrong. If he goes down a path I was at at one point, uh, you know, I might have to whoop his little ass. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, do you tell him um, these things so they could learn, or do you just not bring it up at all? I, I mean, um, I say you, I, I, um, you, you don't necessarily tell him, uh, but you kind of, uh, you, you, you kind of try to stir him away from reality and but you don't want to stir them too much the way they question everything but you don't kind of want to block them from it so it's not that you're not telling them it's just something they don't need to know you know so yeah and, and um <clears throat> and i feel like with consistency as long as we keep doing what we do yep. um, it will happen uh, yeah. it'll happen we had the potential to do it oh, we were kind of stubborn <laughs> we was um but you know it happened we we learned from our mistakes that's a big part we learn from our mistakes and, and i'm know, still learning strict from people. My mistakes. i make mistakes every, every day man and you know we're still trying to learn from that you one thing i realized bro about being a parent too is like i always get mad like oh man like maybe i maybe i spoke a little too angrily at my son or maybe i did this and that's 
Like, I wouldn't feel that way if I spoke that way to another kid. Like, I remember my little stepbrothers, bro. I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. And, like, I wouldn't care. Like, no, I love those kids. But when it's your son or your kid, bro, like, you just feel you want to be perfect, bro. You want them to always think you're perfect. You don't want them to see your flaws. You angry at them. Or, but one thing my mother told me, which was just, like, a really big eye-opener. She said, uh, you will never be a perfect parent. There's no such thing. So pretty much just do the best you can. You know what I mean? I guess try and stay as close to perfect as you can be, but you will never be perfect. You're always going to be judged. You're always going to be this or that. And uh, that was a big eye opener for me because, you know, it's it's hard to accept the fact that your kid's going to see you at your worst sometimes. And, and it's just something you got to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, something we have to, but that's something we learn with age <laughs> as we get older. We didn't understand it when we were younger, but and we, we are do younger. now. It's, Tough. But one one person I really wanted to bring into this too was uh I, I know you remember man like it was yesterday I mean this guy you know was a big father figure to us I feel like in a lot of ways I know he was for me uh, Mr Johnson okay yeah Mr I wanted, Johnson <laughs> I wanted to shed some like you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> only the real though ah motherfucker you ocean bass you Mr Johnson <laughs> the fucking refrigerator room oh my god you knew when yeah. you were going in there. Yeah, the come out with. You remember um, he, he his his whole his tactics remind me of. Remember Miss Trunchable uh from uh, Matilda. Yes, oh my God. Matilda, Miss Trunchable. That was a cold bitch. That was a cold bitch, bro. She made that motherfucker right, eat so, that cake, bro. Right. He he. That's what. So he had his he, he had his ways to where he. He, he trained us a little different, but it was all for the love. Uh-huh. No, that's that was he oh, had really? old school. Old school tactics, bro, but them old school tactics be working, bro. I'm not going to baby you. You're sure. going to earn my respect. And, 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 you know, he really, when it's when somebody has tactics like that, you know they really fuck with you, bro. They care about you. Right, Nothing's right, right. <laughs> earned. And, and we were boneheads, bro. We did some dumb shit, but this man really cared about us. And, bro, I, I'll tell you right now, I don't think either me or you had to go to summer school that year. That was the first year I didn't have to go to summer no, school. No, hell no. Hell no. Hey, um. He was big in my life. He um showed me that shit's not a game. <laughs> no. At an early age, even though I still, you know, went on to make a few mistakes. But, yeah. you know, I knew. I knew. I was, I was very aware. And from people like him, it was very important. The one thing that that man did for me, he made me believe in myself. It got to a point, it was the eighth grade year, man, where I, I had no confidence in myself when it came to, uh, like, I thought it was stupid. Like, I can't do school. I can't. I can't do this stuff, man. I can't stay out of trouble. I can't do this. And one thing he, you know, made me realize was like, no, you can fucking do it. Put in the work. Right. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry, we still goof yeah. up and stuff. But, I mean, that man made me believe in myself. And, you know, I actually was talking to him a little bit. Uh, about two years ago, I got back in touch with him, man. And uh, we were supposed to go out to eat and stuff. And I feel terrible because just because of life, you know, we just never did. And uh, he passed away recently. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. Yeah, it was... <laughs> That's a, um, uh, uh, Mr. Jackson. You remember Mr. Jackson, right? Oh yeah, bro. How could I forget him and that long ass pinky nail? Okay, yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> the famous machete, right? Mm-hmm. He 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 like he. I seen him and he he uh, you know, he ran down and he gave me a little scoop of what was going on. Yeah, and it was crazy. It was crazy. Yo, you remember this dude? Um, fuck, man, that that story with you, man, was so funny with uh, the basketball team, bro. I mean, you, you were just we were goofs, man. That's why we were even in that shit in the first place. But uh, this motherfucker comes in, bro. Your basketball practice so embarrassing, bro. Like I can't. Comes in, he's like, <laughs> and yo, he's such a little man with so much power, bro. 
Yeah. He walked like with some crabs. Like. Oh my god, he's like the Joseph Stalin of Sage Park, bro. The dude comes in and he's just like, uh, "You're running some fucking laps." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what the fuck, bro? Like, I'm already doing shit. I'm with my coach. I'm with my team. He's like, I'm gonna break you in, motherfucker. And and mind you, previous to that, I was already in trouble for having a detention that week. So I was already yeah. on, on the gridiron. I was already doing make, making up my laps, and he comes in storming in with his. You know, he's walking like he has one peg and one. Oh know, yeah. So with no cane, you know, his cane, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> And so he comes storming in, and I, I'm loading. I'm lining up on a baseline. I'm I'm drowning. I'm drenched. I'm trying to catch my breath. Oh yeah, yeah. Comes over. He said, "Take <laughs> <laughs> your point of our laps. <laughs> I'm gonna put your ass on a grid iron. I'm gonna put your ass on a grid iron, <laughs> bro." And you so I'm like, like, "What the heck?" Only he was gonna put your ass on the grid iron. <laughs> I'm gonna put your ass on the ground. So, so I, I turn around. And I'm like, yo, what? You know what I'm saying? What's going on? He's like, yeah. He said, like, you're coming with me. Let's go. So I'm looking at my coach. My coach is shocked and shit. Like, he's like, what the fuck? Shit, I can't, you know? So This dude, bro. I tell you, yeah. He put me through a workout. He, yeah, he taught me a lesson that day. That, that man loved you, bro. He loved us like we were, yeah. you know, his own kids. You know, me. that was, yeah. and it was only me. He was on. Right, like, he would let us in on his little secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me and you, like, he he really mentored us, bro. Like, he saw a lot of potential in us, which I made me, you know, like I said, believe in ourselves. Remember when he would call me and you into that fucking refrigerator room we called it, bro? Like, the teacher's lunchroom. You knew when you were going in there, motherfucker. Yo, you were coming out that, with, like... Your eyes was grass. Yeah, like, you're coming out pride fucking burnt to shit like you're coming out like tail between your legs like fuck man i'll never forget that time we go in there he goes you look like an ocean bass <laughs> like like bro what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> like this dude bro it reminds you you're in grade bro you're a kid you're a kid and he's telling you <clears throat> he's calling you out your name he's not calling you by your first or last name he's calling you out your name <laughs> and the shit he's saying it you know teachers shouldn't even be telling kids this shit Nah, bro. And it was funny because it was almost like the principal was just like, hey, that's Mr. Johnson, bro. <laughs> like, you know, right. I walk into my social studies class and I put a maxi pad on the back of my fucking shirt. Obviously not used, but like I open it up and put it on the back right. of my shirt. <laughs> and fucking my teacher goes, I'm going to call the principal, uh, Miss McCormick. She goes, I'm going to call the principal. I go, no, 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 please don't do that. She goes, I'm gonna call Mr. Johnson then. I go, no, 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 call the fucking principal, bro. Right, call the right. principal, like, like, <laughs> yo, Mr. He Johnson. He just had that force. Of, he was a force of nature, bro. He was oh a my. force of nature. All fucking you five, could've... two hundred and fifteen pounds of this fucking guy was just, oh my. Slab God. of bone, just slab of bone, bro. Just a skin on bones, bro. Just fucking you. You were scared of that. Little came. Bro, like, if you really break it down, like, you probably could have kicked Mr. Johnson's ass when we were, like, 10 years old. But there was something about this guy. You were scared of him, bro. He <laughs> came through the door with his cane. With his, you know, his collar was always up. He always had his collar up. Always had the <laughs> collar pop, bro. And he was sucking on those fucking Werther Originals, bro. <laughs> he had, like, a full-on sponsorship, bro. That shit was mad funny. But, nah, bro, that shit is so funny. Where are you at now? Are you still in uh, Windsor or... Um, yeah, um, well, as of right now, I got a little apartment on the, in the south of the Hartford. Uh, yeah, I'm over here, too. I'm over on, uh, 
I'm over pretty much in the West End Hartford, like right near West Hartford area. You see some uh some interesting shit out here. Like uh yeah you're not yeah there. yeah it's uh I mean we're not in the north. I know you fucking used to be out in the north end and stuff like that, but like it's good to see you're not there anymore. Like but like the south end's not really a bad area, but like you go around like even parts like this, bro. Like like the other day, bro. I shit you not or not the other day, but when I first moved in, bro. Besides like all the women with goatees in my neighborhood, like I see a lot of I seen a fucking dude. I seen a midget. It's twenty twenty two. I'm probably gonna get canceled for that, but it's <laughs> I seen a midget on this dude's shoulders, bro, walking down the street like a fucking circus, dude. Yeah. So um, nah, bro. I, a little technical difficulty right there. Sorry about that, people. Um, technical difficulties. But um, nah. Like I said, bro. Like Hartford's just an inch. It's an interesting area, bro. Like out here, like I mean, you see a lot of like I seen. Like I said, minus all the ladies with goatees and shit, uh, I saw a fucking, <laughs> I saw a midget, a little person, bro, on this, when I first moved in over here, on some dude's shoulders, bro, walking down the street, like a fucking circus or something, bro. Right, right, right. You see some crazy shit out here, man. Yeah. Like, my block, um, there's always some interesting shit going on. And I'm not even in a bad part of Harford, really. Like, I'd just be seeing some yeah. shit going on. I got a funny yeah, story. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, um... I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, well, when you see it so much, you just kind of come immune to it. It's yeah. something you just see, like, okay, it's happening. Let me uh, try not to um, ever let that come near me. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it never gets, yeah. I've seen it a lot, but it just never gets old. You know, I mean? like, it's funny. Right, it's so comedic right. in certain aspects. Like, like fucking, like, I, I like to do stand-up stuff like that. So there's constant material out here. I swear to God, bro. Like, I see. Right, 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 right. I see the, the fucking gas station one time, bro. Me and my boy go to the gas station, and there's this homeless dude outside. Like, and the, the thing about homeless people that freak me out, bro, like that, I'm like, I, their teeth. That's why I won't fight one, bro. Their teeth, <laughs> motherfucker. Some of these dudes out here, bro. Like, if they bite you, bro, you're gonna need a fucking tetanus shot after my dude. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck that. She's gonna give me a staph infection. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, me and my boy pull up to Hartford gas station, bro, right in the north end, right near like valleys and shit like that. Like okay. on Blue Hills area, right? Um, okay. So uh, we get, I get out of the fucking whip anyways. I, I go into the store, and there's this homeless dude when we pulled up. Anyways, I get out of the whip. I go into the store. I come back out, bro, and my, my boy had like a coffee culotta. He had a coffee culotta with him when we pulled up, right? So I come back right. outside, bro, and I go to get back in my car, and I see the homeless dude drinking my boy's <laughs> coffee culotta. And, and I get in the car, and I'm like, yo, why is this no dude way. drinking your fucking drink? He goes... Yo, he just knocked on the window and he said, "Give me the juice." <laughs> what? Give me, the juice. Give me the juice. And my boy, you know, bro, he's not, you know, he's a lover, not a fighter, bro. He just gives it to him. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, go get a new one. But yo, that shit was funny as hell, bro. Like, give me the juice. Like, yeah, this the shit that goes down on the A six O, bro. It's crazy. Not a lot of people know either, bro. Like Harford's like. Don't worry, I'm not in the trenches out here, but you you know, bro, like somebody you used to be, bro, like it's fucking right. it's no joke right. out here, bro. And people just think Connecticut, nah. like they think of a bunch of like retired fucking rich old people, you know what I mean? Like in mountains. Yeah, unfortunately, the the, the crime for, for small cities is kind of, you know, we're at the top and yeah. trying to get that number down. But Call me no. crazy, call me crazy, but I was just in, uh, I went to Brooklyn last year, just driving around, you know, checking it out, because, you know, it's Brooklyn, right. bro. You know, I, I, I right. drove by Jay-Z's old projects, Marcy projects. I just wanted to check everything out, bro. You know, I'm a big Jay fan, so it was cool. Did you enjoy yourself? Did I enjoy myself? Yeah. Yeah, bro, I, I love, I think New York's beautiful, bro. I really do. Don't be wrong, I hate driving in it. I hate, like, 
you know, the traffic and everything, but the people there are fucking nuts. Like last time I went to New York, I almost banged out with fucking Iron Man, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just take a picture. Take a picture of him. He's like, where's my 20 bucks? I'm like, to fucking take a picture with you? Like if you're Robert Downey Jr., that's one thing, but you're not. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's beautiful out there, bro. It's really cool. And there's a lot of history in New York, especially Brooklyn, man. Like you just, it's cool, man. Seeing where some of your favorite rappers came from and, you know, but I, like, I think what I'm trying to say is Hartford seems worse than fucking certain parts of New York, bro. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because um, Hartford has a ratio of, of more people move out than they do in. And I, I find that crazy because, you know, if you live here, it's a beautiful city, bro. It's a beautiful city. You know, the people, uh, you know, um, even more unique. So, <laughs> what Hartford is, well, you see a lot of kids in Windsor too, where we come from that pissed me off. We're close to Hartford that, you know, they, they have these beautiful fucking houses. They have these the families are fucking doctors, whatever lawyer, like they come from good families, nice houses, but these kids choose to be in Hartford. That's one thing that's really right. weird to me. There's children in Hartford that would kill to get the fuck out of here, bro. To, to, no to, to kill to have an opportunity to, to, to not see. To go to a Windsor. Around. All right, go. You know what I mean? Go to, yeah. And that shit pisses me um, off. It's backwards, bro. It's it, it's the community. It's it's um bro, it's everyone. Like these kids would kill for those opportunities, man. To grow up in a beautiful two two uh two story home, you know what I mean? Things like that. Like these kids in Windsor, but they'd rather hang out in Hartford. I just always thought that was weird, bro. It's backwards. It, it's what they're getting. Um, is what they're getting. Uh. uh <laughs> exposed to bro look what's going on that's what they they, they want to do they want to see they want to be around what's going on they want to be cool so yeah i remember i had on. this tweet that blew up a while back man i, I got like a bunch of fucking reads i wasn't even expecting this man uh i said uh just because you were born in hartford doesn't mean you're from hartford <laughs> right 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 a lot of motherfuckers born in hartford hospital and they're like yeah i'm from hartford like no the fuck you're not bro you were in hartford for three days and then you moved out to your beautiful fucking and then you moved out to your beautiful house and your big house and your big family and and whatever you got going on and that's okay you know no to each his own you know live your life there's nothing but, wrong you know, with be yourself be yourself feel to have bro like it's just, that should be, you know, the topic of, you know, be yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, be who you are. Chase your dreams. Don't ever let anyone shoot you down. It's, it's definitely not where you're from. It's where you're at. So always pay attention to your present. Absolutely, um, man. Absolutely. Strive for greatness. <laughs> wherever you come from, wherever you are. Yeah, for sure, bro. I mean, Hartford's a Hartford's a very interesting city, man. What would you say, Hartford's? I mean, I don't, I don't know if you ever be out there, but like, like I was in Bridgeport the other day, and I'm like, man, this is a this is a shithole too. Like, Connecticut has its. I'm not saying Hartford's a shithole. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, crazy, bro. Um, yeah, Bridgeport. It's uh, yeah, Bridgeport, Hartford, New Haven. Um, these are crime-ridden cities that get some, no attention. Right, they have some some ugly areas, but. There's a lot of beautiful areas in the cities too. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of things to do. You know, there's a lot of activity, especially if you're um, connected in the community. It's, it makes it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, man. Um, and as far as New York, remember? I think we took a trip over there. Didn't we take a trip over there, bro? We did, brother. Oh my god! Remember, remember I got to New York. Yo, man. Remember, uh, fucking, we go to New York, bro, and. Uh, Oh my God, man. That was interesting, man. We're going to New York. Wow. I was 18 years old, bro. 19 years old. We were all fucked up, bro. And I'm driving right. back 
dude, I'm so fucked up, bro. I'm driving back home. We get pulled over. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. man. I'm pulled over. Like, I'm drunk as hell. I got a bottle of Jack in the front I'm with two black guys. I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> it looks all fucking bad, bro. It looks all bad. No, but, yeah. no like, you know uh, the cop let us go, and man. Then, he was actually cool. He let us go, and you I got, pulled. You got, um... You got you got um um someone sitting behind your seat with a mask on. It seems like he's he's putting you up to do everything. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> he put you up. This liquor yeah. in the car. It, it was all bad, but the, the, my, the trip was so amazing. Uh, it I was enjoyed fun. my time with you. It was crazy. It was. We fun, always man. have a great time when we go out. We uh we went with my cousin Rich. Man, God rest in peace, man. I miss him oh, so. Oh man, I know you. Yes, you yes. I know you loved him, man. I know he was just a good. Oh man, Richie Rich, uh, that was a touchy situation. <laughs> yeah, my cousin was. Uh, he he was just uh, his vibe, man. It was just very special, and he was always gonna do his own thing. And he was just he was a man, man. He walked the line, you know what I mean? He talked his talk. Yeah, he walked his talk, man. That was a bad mother. Watch your mouth. I'll never man. forget, man. On our way there, you know, I was, you know, we were drinking. We started pre-gaming early. You know, and Rich, uh, I was like uh, to you, uh, or I went to Rich. I'm like, Rich, you feel like driving, man? I don't feel like driving. Fucking, I've been driving around all day. Like, you feel like driving to New York? Yo, I gave him the wrong directions because me and you were listening. To, like, we were, remember we were just rapping in the back seat to Lil Wayne, John, we were fucking bumping to that, bro. I remember that we were rapping and stuff, and I, I missed the exit. I forgot to tell him where to go. And there was cones all lined up. Bro. This motherfucker, bro. Yo, we were like rich, bro. This dude started two periods. Paul Walker. Yo, bro. The dude was a legend, bro. I mean, Rich was. Transporter at his finest, man. Yeah, a little Jason Statham action, bro. (laughs) Nah, man, I I miss him so much. I I love him to death, man. That was a very, uh, very, very good person. Truly a beautiful soul, man. I know when I first met him, um, you introduced me to him. And. Yeah, it was it was love. We embraced him, and he had a certain walk to him where it's just like he had that swagger to him. He did, bro. He, he did that. You like, couldn't tell him nothing. You couldn't talk to him, man. That was Richie Rich, man. That, that was him, brother. His his parents. Yeah. So proud to know how he carried himself, and uh, yeah, I just I love him so much. That's man. Richie Rich, man. I love him so much, man. God rest his soul. But John, um, I, I love you, brother. Too, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Like, I would love to get you back on here again. I feel like, uh, you know, the, our friends from school that watch this, they, you know, if they were curious about, I know you're so busy in your own world doing you now, man. You're a great father, and it, everybody from high school or whatever can just look and be like, wow, it's good to see John in a good spot. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, so much uh, to share uh, next time, uh, whenever, you know. Uh, I'm back in the city because I leave the city a lot, bro. So, but yeah. whenever I, I want to get up with you, um, I want us to go out and do things. Uh, no, absolutely, bro. And the thing with us, man, like we cannot talk for months, uh, you know, and still just go right back to where we left off. That's the perks about being a brother. You know what I mean? That's how me and Rich. Yeah. Were. Um. But we got to get that. Um, we got to. Thank get you for vibe. having me. <laughs> for sure. Thank you for having me. For sure. Um, I love talking to you, man. We got to get back up. Get back on it. Nah, for real, bro. I-, I love you, brother, and I love your daughter. Give her a big hug and a kiss from uh, Uncle Nick, all right? Uh, you already know, baby. All right, my brother. Be easy. All right, peace out. Ah, man, that was great. Some people just uh, have a soft spot in your heart, and uh, that's one of them right there. Absolutely love that dude. Uh, shout out John Wallace again. I uh, just want to thank him for his time. That was uh, That was awesome.
So right before I wrap everything up, I have one last segment. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about UFC 272 again. I cannot wait for this fight. Uh, so can't the rest of the, the world, uh, if you're an MMA fan, if you're a fighting fan in general. This is going to be awesome. Covington Masvidal. Uh, we're going to talk about this fight. Uh, I want to give you the best analysis on it as possible, and I can't do that unless I have my uh, my right-hand man, my best friend, Connor Crisatelli, right here with me to uh, to talk and give takes on this fight. So here you go. All right, guys, this is my good friend, Connor, another MMA uh, wannabe expert like myself. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to get into this Kobe Covington, Jorge Masvidal fight tonight that I've just been so excited for, and, and so has Connor, uh, and so has, you know, MMA fans across the world. What's going on, Connor? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Eh, pretty good, man. Just, uh, you know, working out, stroking, you know, doing my thing. We're all stroking every day. We're all stroking, baby. One, one nut at a time. But uh, honestly, Nick, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Okay. Mazadal Covington. Okay. Yeah. What is your true? I mean, we all know who you're rooting for. Yeah. Who do you actually want to win? And uh, not only that, but who do you expect to win? Okay. So I. I I'm going to ask you the same thing after, uh, obviously. I, I love Kobe, like you said. I, I'm a Kobe, Kobe Covington fan, but I'm also a big Masvidal fan. If it was Masvidal versus anybody else, I want Masvidal to win. But uh, wait, wait, Kobe, uh, phew, man, okay, so what I really think is going to happen, I think if I had to bet my life on it on paper, I got to go with the on paper. I think Kobe wins. You know what I mean? I think Kobe wins. Anything going past three rounds, I think I got I got Kobe, especially in a decision. Kobe, no brainer. If this fight goes to decision, I think we can all say 100% Kobe wins. Uh, here's my issue, bro. Is that I, I generally I, I I always I always root for Kobe Covington, right? Yeah. Kamar Usman, that fight, amazing. That's a yeah. great fight. Personally. I might be biased, but I I thought Kobe Covington won. You thought Kobe and tomorrow in the in the in that second fight. I I did. Yeah. I think there's an argument Kobe won three rounds, but I think that ten eight round, the second round where he where he dropped Kobe, I think that that's what did it. I think there's an argument which Kobe won three fights, which I three rounds. I, so so here's my thing, bro. Is that so? Kamaru dropped him a few times, but it was one round. Yeah. Every single time that he dropped him, one round. Yep. So, we, we, to me, that's like, okay, he won that round 10 right? Yeah. There yeah. was there was plenty of, it was a five-round fight. There was plenty of rounds. Where it, yep. To me, I, it, like, it's, it makes no sense to me that, that Kobe didn't win it. So it And does- then not only that, but there, was, there was all these professionals saying, oh, no, Kobe did not, he didn't take him down. Kobe dropped him to his butt. He took him down. I mean, even DC said, you know, and he'll know better than anybody. That was a takedown. I mean, anybody knows that was a takedown that he got. Granted, he didn't do anything with it, and it didn't even count on the scorecards as a takedown. But the, th- the thing that he was, to beat the champion, you got to beat the champion. And, and I know it's stupid, but it's the way it is. Kobe didn't definitively win that fight. Like I said, you might say he won three rounds. You know, maybe he maybe he did. You know what I mean? I think there's definitely an argument. Right. But Usman to win that second round 10-8, I just feel like that was the – I mean, that was it, man. That's what solidified so, it. I, and you're so right. So my, my only thing is it's like it was so close. I get it. You give it to the champion, right? Yeah. But yep. 
my only my only stipulation in that is and it doesn't apply to this certain fight but everyone always says this one thing where it's to beat the champion you have to actually blow them out right which is ridiculous that, that's that's so ridiculous to me I, I mean, it, it makes no sense to me right so all right, for instance, this is a good example, is Dominic Reyes versus John Jones. Jones. I was going to bring that up, yep. Right, so that right there, Dominic Reyes versus John Jones. Dominic I thought Reyes, Reyes won. Him. He outstruck him. He did yep. more jam- more damage. Yep. He, he, he took him down more times. Like, to, to say that Dominic Reyes did not win that is such a joke. Whoa. And then... All these, all these UFC experts, they go, um, well, it, it came down to the, the championship round. Yep. Makes no fucking sense to me. Not at all. And I, one thing right? I do want to... Do you remember, um, uh, I think it was 2014, George St. Pierre defending his welterweight belt against uh, Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks clearly won that fight. I mean, it, it just... If you watch that fight, you know, you remember that fight? Yeah, Absolutely. That was just that is perfect example right there. If if you never leave it to the judges, Dana White said after that, and you don't, especially in a championship fight. I mean, they want to see you beat the champion, especially somebody proven like Usman or George St. Pierre at that time, where they've been defending their belt consistently. It's just you got to finish them. But that Hendricks one was just. I mean, well, Hendricks beat the so shit. The Hen- no, you're and you're so right, right? So the yeah. the Hendricks one, it, right there, right. So you see them at the end of the fight. Johnny Hendricks versus George St. Pierre. Yeah. The end of the fight, Johnny Hendricks looked completely like he, he just got in a street fight for five minutes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. George St. Pierre looked like he fought for maybe two hours. Yeah. Dude, George St. Pierre looked like he got attacked by like three Johnny Hendricks. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I. I understand where they're coming from, and I, you know, John Jones probably the best to ever do it, at yeah. least skill wise. Well, he's the best legacy, I would say. I mean, he's just uh, unbelievable. And I yeah. want to touch. I want to touch base onto that later too uh, after we talk about this fight. Yeah. So okay. So if we're gonna get into the the Kobe Covington Masvidal fight, I think this is the one fight where. Personally, I mean, I'm 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 a huge co- uh, um, Covington uh, Covington um, fan, yeah, fan. So I I don't I I obviously don't think that he won the last two fights with with Usman, yeah. But there's no way in hell in the last press conference. I'm sure you watched it that Masvidal can say, "Oh, uh, Covington, he he got beat the shit out of." Because Masvidal got lit up, he yeah. got he got swept. He's still sleeping. <laughs> Dude, he, he's still sleeping exactly. So, and Covington, he's never he's never actually been slept. Never. Nope. He was submitted Covington early in his career, um, like one of his first, I think, his second USC fight or something like that. The guy's never really been. Yeah, he's never been sleeping on the canvas. Put it that way. Right. 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 And Covington also, he dude, Covington's such a good fighter where he has like eight longs. Yeah. Whether whether you want to say okay the guy doesn't have power I get that you know he's, he's not Usman Usman slept Masvidal. That's Masvidal's the weird thing to me, bro. So, 
what what pissed me off in that Kobe Usman fight, uh, I think I was telling you this before, it, it, it just, Kobe, okay, so the guy is a grown, I can knock somebody out, you can knock somebody out, fucking with the right punch, Kobe is a professional fighter, he fights for a living, Kobe knows how to knock people out, and that fight against Usman, what pissed me off was after that second round, it seemed like Kobe was still fighting for points, when clearly, you need to do something uh, really significant to win this fight, you need to finish, and Kobe continued to fight yeah. for points, continued to, to you know, do the typical Kobe Covington high volume kind of thing, which you can't do with Usman. No, you're absolutely right, so I, I, I personally think that all right, for instance, Covington's fighting style is, let me break the guy, right? Yes. Masvidal's fighting style is, I'm going to break him within a round, maybe yep. two. Yeah, and the thing is with Masvidal, too, we Covington, can't forget that gas tank. Masvidal has a phenomenal gas tank. He does. He does, mm-hmm. but... Not like Kobe. We, we, Kobe. Haven't seen the last, we haven't seen the last two fights. So you're mm-hmm. right. So Masvidal does have a great gas tank. The guy's conditioned like no other. Yeah, you but know that McDonald's he, and everything. He, I don't know how he, he does it. Right, and, but he is no Covington. So everyone always says this thing. And I, I personally, I, I look at this and I'm like, all right, Mazadol says he, he is conditioned like no other. Yep. That when he says that, it's never been past two or three rounds. Yeah. Right? Yep. Covington, Absolutely. every single one of his fights, it looks like it's five rounds plus. Yeah. Covington's yeah. fights are always like at the end of five rounds. He, although the one thing I could say is that when he first fought Usman, yeah, he ran out of the ring, right? He ran out of what? He, he ran out of the ring. Yeah, yes. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, the dude ran out of the ring. Yeah. So it's you, he, this guy fought for his life for five rounds. Such a good fight. Sprinting out of the ring. Yeah. It's it, like to me that the guy has obviously the, the best. Um, Gas tank. The best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, the guy is five to six long. Yeah, yeah. So. Like Co- I, Kobe I, I, could I, fight five rounds and then go another five. He's like a Nate Diaz, you know what I mean? But Nate Diaz don't even put on the volume Kobe does. Kobe, I mean, Nate Diaz stalks you. You know, Kobe does too, but Kobe's just. Like, like that Robbie Lawler fight. I mean, the guy landed over 500 strikes, man, and that's fucking crazy. That's a record, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you're right. And, and not only that, I mean, they, all right, for instance, a lot of people always compare them, right? So Nate Diaz, sure, amazing gas tank, mm-hmm. but Kobe actually just goes nonstop. Yeah. Nate, he, he, Nate Diaz, one of my favorite fighters, and, yeah. and so is Nick, his brother. But, but not, not everything's calculated with the, like for Nate Diaz, for example, like Kobe, everything he does is calculated. Every little strike he throws is calculated. Nate Diaz is more right. like, let me tease you. Let me piss you off. Let me do this. Kobe's very calculated. Uh, he's, he's a very right. smart fighter. Not saying Nate Diaz isn't obviously. The one, the one thing I will say though, about watching Kobe's fight, at least yep. against Kamaru Usman. Yeah. It's not the same for every fighter that he's faced, but at least against Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Is that, he, he kind of has been winging it. He's a totally different fighter against Kamaru Usman. It's funny watching it. It, it really is because he's not in control. But and it's weird it, to see Kobe not in control. It's worrisome. It's worrisome yeah. to me. Well, but but he, bro, listen, he starts so, winging it. So, yeah. So, listen, bro. Like, Kobe, um, a thing that's interesting to me. So, Kobe will – he's not afraid to get in there and trade shots. Um, and the thing is – He's always close in your face. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he's not afraid to, to exchange. And the thing is, 
Kobe will Kobe's not afraid to eat some shots. It's part of his game plan almost. Like he gets so close, you know he's gonna eat some shots, he's gonna exchange with you. Masvidal, dude, if he lands one shot, that's the thing. I mean he, he exactly. You're so going that's, to that's why I'm worried. You're going so to see my, my, my whole, chin, but Yeah, you're, you're exactly what you said. My whole the whole point where it's why I'm worried is that if you act that way, Kobe is gonna Kobe's gonna shut your lights off. Yep. Right. If you're gonna if you're gonna swing for the fences, yep. And what Kobe does is Kobe's really good at is ducking his head, right? Yes. So he yep. he'll yep. he'll duck his head and throw a, a one two, right? Yeah, very underrated he'll throw a right left. I think we can agree on. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't get me and wrong. Then, the threat of the takedown helps, but Osman knew damn well Kobe wasn't going to take him down, and they, they fucking Kobe still, you know, that threat wasn't there of the takedown, and Kobe still banged with him. Well, but even then, I don't, I don't, I really don't think that that Kobe's going to try and take Masvidal down. I don't think he will. See, I think, you that think Kobe he's not going to try and take him down because normally Kobe really doesn't go for the takedown. His main game plan is pretty much make you think he's going to do the takedown and then stand up and you know land shots and score points. Or do you think that he's going to be so mad he hates Masvidal so much that he's just going to completely almost forget a game plan? I don't know if this is a game plan, but he's going to stand up and try and fight with him and try and fucking take his head off. No, so so exact. It's all right. You're you're absolutely right. So what I think that Kobe's going to do is that he's going to try and tire Masvidal out, and I don't think any part of his game plan is to try and take him down. I think what what Kobe's going to try and do, and is I think push he him should. He has to. I, I do too. I do too. I absolutely think that that Kobe should try and take him down. But I also think that ever since they they started training, and you know, obviously they were at ATT together. Yeah. I think that Kobe knows. I think that Kobe knows that, you know what, Masvidal knows how to defend the takedown. I mean, he, he, yeah, and he keep in mind, fights, right? Keep in mind, dude, he used to spar with uh, Masvidal when Masvidal was at 155. He hasn't seen 170 Masvidal, I don't believe. Right, but uh, you're right, you're right. But also, he also, he also used to train with Masvidal before yeah, fighting. So 170 Masvidal is right, harder so. to take down, and Masvidal's gotten better, you know. At, at, Masvidal is good at preventing the takedown. He is. I mean, for what he does, going there to knock people the fuck out, he has he has a good defense, man. Yeah, yeah. The one thing to consider, though, honestly, is that Masvidal, every single time he trained with Kobe, mm-hmm. he wasn't 155. He He... The guy walks around way heavier than Covington does. Oh, with that diet? Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely, yeah, the, the guy eats Burger King for a lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, my only point in all of this is that Masvidal is, is way heavier than Covington. He yeah. absolutely is. In Covington, the reason I, I personally respect the guy, whether you believe what... what he fights you know, at his natural weight. Exactly. He, yeah. he, 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 the guy cuts five pounds. You know, I was saying, pounds. man, if Kobe dro- drops 15 and goes down to lightweight, bro, I, I don't see anybody really fucking with him. I, I mean, you have Gaethje. He's a good wrestler. But I think, I think, uh, and you got, you know, Michael Chandler and stuff. But I think Kobe, I mean, Kobe right, just has right. a massive size difference over somebody like Michael Chandler height-wise, but um, which gives him an advantage. But anyways, like, I, I feel like Kobe is, would be the best wrestler if he goes down to lightweight. Um, I, I really do. Um, I think Kobe would kill lightweight. Yeah. I really do think he would do well. I think he could beat Oliveira. I, I think Kobe would be your lightweight champion of the world if he takes that 15-pound weight cut. Dude, in the end of the day, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. So if if you had to bet on one person, even odds, right, 
No, not even even odds. Let's say let's say Masvidal is a is a two hundred point favorite. Yep. Who are you voting on? Uh, between Kobe and Masvidal. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, like, who do I think is going to win this fight? If I had to bet, bro, like I'm saying, man, I I would not not even not even not even. But let's say two hundred points towards Masvidal. Yeah. So the narrative is kind of like switched. Like it's not. Uh, I would say I think Kobe, dude. I, I just don't see. I mean, I could see Kobe losing this fight because I mean, dude. There's a, with fighters like Masvidal. There's just always that puncher's chance, bro. Like, call me crazy, bro. But I think Ben Askren beats Jorge Masvidal if Masvidal doesn't knock him out in five seconds. I think nine times out of ten, he does. Yeah, but like, so he always well, has think, that puncher's so, chance. But dude, I I think Kobe right, wins. Right, if you're right. gonna look at this fight on paper, bro, the smart thing to say is that Kobe wins this fight. I mean, he he's. I mean, the you're only right, thing Masvidal right, really right. has over him, he has striking over him, which I don't want to say it's a significant striking advantage. I, I don't want to say that. Kobe can fucking strike, bro. So here's, he has so power. Here's my, here's my only in your, your – I absolutely agree with you. But my, my only thing is that the last few people that Moscow has faced, right, mm-hmm. is an Olympic, an Olympic wrestler yep. in Ben Askren, yep. right? So let's say that that flying knee does not count, right? Yep. He had to go five rounds with somebody who was an Olympic wrestler. Yeah, and I obviously think... the guy. Go ahead. Obviously, he, he's done his own homework on, yeah. on wrestling, right? So of course, of course. Not only that, but then then he goes to face Kamar Usman twice. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, a wrestler turned to a scrape. So he's striker, that's but, a very valid point. He's been training for nothing on wrestling since probably the last three years. I mean, that's that's not right, nothing. But that's been his main focus. Too, but wrestling you're absolutely that. right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. But still a wrestler. Yep. You know what I mean? And then now he goes and he's facing Kobe Covington twice, who was a D1 wrestler. Yeah. Which he was not. He was a D2 wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's, so odd to me that Kobe Covington, mm-hmm. even though he is he, he's an amazing fighter, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love Kobe Covington, no matter what. But everyone he's faced has been prepared for an actual wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And and Masvidal himself in the last six fights he's had has been against wrestlers. I know. I know it, it's so it, all he's had to focus on is defense, knocking the fuck out of the suit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you, in your heart of hearts, who wins this fight? My heart of hearts is that if you had I, to bet I a mean, testicle on it, dude, who do you got? I've already bet on it, so I if I had to bet one testicle. Just one, yeah. Is Kobe Covington. Kobe I mean, Covington. You still you you but, have three testicles. So I will. I will. Yeah, and I will tell you though, is that if I had both of them, mm-hmm. like in one bet, it's going to Masvidal. So because I see where you're coming I from, bro. Don't, you see Masvidal in these press conferences. I mean, normally you get the confident Masvidal, yeah, but yeah, this dude, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I. I don't see Masvidal losing this because of how jaded he is. I, that's how I feel. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, like, he genuinely seems like he's – it's crazy, bro. Like, he really seems like he's going to kill Kobe Covington. Like, he seems like he's going to win. I, like, he really – You've seen confident Masvidal, obviously. You know how he is, but, like, there's something different about this. Like, he's not saying well, this stuff to sell the fight. He so, genuinely feels this way. And exactly. That, that was the same thing with, um, with Askren, right? So, with Askren, everyone thought that Askren was going to take him down and just maul him to death oh, yeah. with, with wrestling, right? Yeah. So. Yep. Within within five literally five seconds, five fucking seconds. This yeah. guy needs him in the. I, so I, I, he is Masvidal is the one guy where I it's so hard to bet against. And, and Masvidal, yeah, I know, bro. And Masvidal, like you think about it, bro. He he never really. Uh, so I mean, he, after Ben Askren, I, I believe it was he fought. Uh, he fought Darren Till before that, so he was like. I just, it was just crazy right. to me that Masvidal took that fight against a wrestler like Askren and then he ends up beating him the way he does. I mean, that was so impressive. But like you said, man, well, he, he's hard to bet against. Right. Yeah, I feel like the reason he bet against, or he took the fight against Kobe's the Askren. safe choice. It's, it's no brainer. He's a safe choice. Yeah. I, I, is he even the safe choice anymore? I, I, I don't know. I mean, Kobe, last time I checked about uh, an hour ago or so, Kobe is, I believe, a minus 300 favorite. Are you, are you buying the fight tonight? Let me ask you that. Yes, of course. Are you? I am. Yep. So, but have you bet on the fight? Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I did bet on the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I took, uh, I took Kobe. Uh, you took Kobe? I, I did take Kobe. I think Kobe is going to win this fight. Even, I, even with the, even the overdog? I just, I just don't see Kobe. I just I, this fight has way more on the line for Kobe Covington. I feel like Kobe Covington at the end of the day, he's smart. Like me and you are over here saying like Kobe might get too carried away by his emotions, this or that. Like, dude, Kobe's a professional fighter, bro. He puts on the show, and the thing right. is, listen, bro. Like Kobe knows he has to put on the show of his lifetime, and he has to fight smart. I don't. I think Kobe's more concerned about getting a win than putting on a show. I really do. And when a great fighter who's so well-rounded right. like Kobe is focused on getting a win, I, I really see – I think he gets it done. So, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I think that the one thing, though, is that there is a difference between how Kobe Covington feels and how Masvidal feels. Yeah. And Masvidal is, is – dude, the guy is – absolutely pissed off about this and that's another thing with Masvidal. somebody like Masvidal, i mean he takes respect respect is big to him kobe looks at this as a game i feel uh Masvidal, he looks at their whole situation as a game you know their whole beef but i feel like Masvidal really genuine is like you disrespect me you talk about my kids bro like <laughs> that's when that killer comes out bro Masvidal is a killer Masvidal's a dog that is a gangster bro right yeah so it's no, what do you, I, it's, it's, I have a question really quick before we wrap this up. What do you think about Kobe wait. going up to middleweight? Because I don't think he ever gets – I don't know if he gets the third fight with Usman. I, UFC usually, obviously, from what we've seen in the past, they tend to not go to a third fight if, you know, it's a clear decision who, you know, who's better. So, maybe okay. No, that, that's a super good question. So I, I, I personally feel that – all right, if I – if I were in the corner 
of of Kobe Covington. Yeah, I would say, hey, uh, buddy, what the fuck are you doing? I'm telling him fight smart. I don't, I don't, Tonight. I don't think that. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think that should, he should be in this current weight class. I don't. I, I don't either, bro. Up. I think he should go to 155. Mm-hmm. I think Kobe, like, he's not even taking pay per view money for this fight, which is fucking crazy. But that just goes to show, like, Kobe is really focused on his legacy, man. Like, he he. He is. I mean, the money's important, obviously, but he cares about his legacy, right, man. You're right. And, and I feel like he doesn't right. want that. I, I think that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think that it's it's kind of ridiculous to me that he would stay at the same weight class where people are cutting like 20 pounds. It makes no sense to me. I know. I know. I just feel like Kobe would wipe the floor at 155. 155, if you ask me, is the second most deepest division, arguably the first. I mean, I think welterweight is is right there, too. They're neck and neck. You know what I mean? Lightweight probably has more entertaining fighters, I guess you say, but welterweight is right there, bro. I mean, it is that those two divisions are fucking crazy, bro. Um, I, I think Adesanya, so let's talk back to Kobe on the middleweight. I think Adesanya, uh, he has no competition left at all at, at middleweight i think there's nobody i mean he wiped the fucking division bro um and he did it with ease it almost seems i mean bobby knuckles is really i mean kevin gaslam too gave him like some comp but bobby knuckles is really the only one that fucking since adesani has been champion that gave him you know a run for his money um I, I just think that uh i don't know i think kobe can make things interesting if he goes up to middleweight that makes make the middleweight division great again i put kobe in there and fucking <laughs> that's a banger with adesanya this is rush hour Spanish. <laughs> so if, if if there was a single fight, right? So you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Alright. So if there was a single fight and Kobe Covington, he's been talking about this shit, is mm-hmm. him versus Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I see he's been talking about it lately. Why? I know, I know. He'd have to put on an extra 15. Um, Does that make sense to you? No, not at all. Not at all. No, not even a little bit. I think it's either lightweight or you stay in welterweight before you even... Because, I mean, dude, Israel Adesanya, they got Kamaru Usman, number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, rightfully so, and they have Izzy number two, which is rightfully so. I think those are the two best fighters in the world. Um, I mean, Izzy is the fucking Kamaru Usman of middleweight, and I don't think anybody beats, you know, Izzy. Even even Kobe moves up. I mean, just the size difference alone, I think, would prevent Kobe from doing exactly what he wants to do to Izzy, no matter how much of an elite wrestler, grappler Kobe is. And that's so the recipe the to beat Izzy if you're Kobe. So you got to take him down. The one thing for me was that if, obviously, Izzy is... I kind of lost you really quick, bro. Sorry, little 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 technical difficulties there, guys. Sorry about that. But anyways, like you were saying, uh, go ahead. So what I was saying is that, I, all right, for instance, uh, Kobe Covington. Yeah. How are you going to – I love Kobe. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I but know. But you're going you're, you're gonna to say that you can, you can fight fucking Izzy? No, not gonna happen. Maybe if Kobe, maybe if Kobe, you know, is naturally one eighty five and he's six foot four, over five eleven, you know, and yeah, I mean, it'd be a good fight because he could he could actually do what he wants, take him to the ground, and that would be the recipe to beat Izzy. I mean, we've seen it with Blasha with when he did that to Izzy. I mean, granted, he was well, like, the only one, right? 
that's the only way he beats Izzy. Yeah, he can't strike with him. The reach on Izzy is fucking insane. I think Izzy might right. be the best striker in MMA, period. Um, the most, definitely the most calculated. Uh, hey, no. bud, before, before I go, can we, can we talk about one more thing? Yeah. Cain Velasquez. Free that man. Yeah? Bro, so I read Dude, into it a little bit today, and uh, you've seen the story. I mean, he was apparently uh, one of his relatives. I believe it was his somebody's brother, his brother, or something like that. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking say any false information, but it was a very close no, family no, relative no, no, no. was raping another very close family relative of it. No, he, he uh, uh, not That's even a, a relative. It was his daughter yeah. got raped at a at a um at a daycare. Fucking disgusting. From some random dude. That is fucking... Bro, and he, he he went out of his way to shoot this guy. Yeah. And he shot the guy's dad instead of him. Oh, Kane. Okay, now, this, you know, I didn't know that. I just seen that the guy, apparently, I hate to even say this, but he raped his daughter over a hundred times. I just seen that. Yeah. Um, and he shot his dad, so... <laughs> I mean, what do you, yeah, I mean, I guess he has to pay the consequence for that. I mean, it's, it's, so, I, let me, let me just say this. I mean, I gotta go soon, but yeah, um, there is, there's not a human being in this world yeah. where if you, he, and not only, not only did he rape his daughter, bro. Yeah. It was 40 plus times. I saw a hundred plus. I'm sure, dude. I mean, who's over there really fucking tallying it up in the fucking corner? Yeah, so either way, bro, is that I would have, and this sounds fucked up. No, there's nothing. I know we're on a podcast right now, but. No, dude, I no filter. There was a situation where um, I just read the other day that a, a dad had a daughter who was 16, right? Yeah, and his daughter's girl or boyfriend, sixteen-year-old yeah. daughter, and yeah. a boyfriend who was twenty-two, right? Yep. And the boyfriend uh, sold her to a sex trade. I seen that, bro. You saw that, right? Yep, yep. And didn't the father kill the the dude? Boyfriend? So in the yeah, and not only that, but dude, he he sold her six months prior to the dad finding out. So the dad finds out and finds the guy, yeah, and he tortured him for a week and a half. Yo, as a father, and when I say yeah, torture, for him. I'm I'm talking like, yep, you know what I mean? Yep, like yeah, yeah, like some serious stuff. Yep, yep. And yeah, I cut the his dad is now in jail for a little life. sick, but I would have cut that dude's balls off and fucking force fed it to him. Right? I would have, I would have done way more than this guy. Oh. Bro, I, I mean, dude, it's just so scary. Like, hold your kids close, bro. Like, for you guys that got kids out there, I'm a father. You know, keep keep an eye on your kids, man. It's I know it's stuff you don't think about. You know, you never think would even happen, but it does, and it's it's bad, man. Right. It's, it's a sick world we live in. A fucking sick world it's we terrible, live in. Well, I mean, that that poor Cain Velasquez. I mean, what 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 do you think, bro? I mean, he shot his. The guy's father was innocent. I, so. I, all right. If you're gonna ask me what I think, is that I think 
I think the guy got off lucky. I truly do. I think so. Kane shot the wrong person, first yeah. of all. Yeah. Shot the wrong that's person. That's a fact, and that's a fact, right? It's a fact. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's why he's in jail right now. Um, I think the guy who, who did it, mm-hmm. and we're talking the guy did it over 80 times. That's fucking, I don't to care his, if it one time. I to his that. daughter. You, who the fuck would have the balls to, to rape the world, uh, the former heavyweight champion of the world's fucking daughter? Just to rape somebody's daughter in general, you're a so fucking piece of shit. My, my whole, die, but. The whole thing that I thought about is that I get it. He, he shot the wrong person. That's, that's yeah. fucking terrible. But yeah, you know what, dude? This, this guy is dealing with his daughter getting raped. Mm-hmm. For three years, mm-hmm. three fucking years. Yeah, if this case goes, I, big imagine that. And and we're not talking about like a, a sixteen-year-old, right? Yeah, we're talking about a, a, a three to six-year-old. See, without without um, hear me out. So, without obviously the way our society set up and our corrupt court system and everything, I think in situations like this. If Cain Velasquez should have went to the police, and then if this man is proven that if this man really raped his daughter, um, which he did, I think Cain Velasquez and the parents and the family should be able to lock that, be locked in a room with that guy, tie him up, and do whatever the fuck they want to him. I think that's justice. I think that's justice. But obviously, that's that would never happen. But I'm just saying, in in a right and in, in a doing things based off right and wrong, I think that that would be. Bro, you don't fucking. That is so sick to me. How somebody could do that to a fucking child, bro. And imagine that's your kid. Imagine what Kane's thinking, bro. Like, I mean that that your daughter's affected for life, bro. And that's your children. You don't even want them to fall off their bicycle, bro. Like, well, it's not even that, right? So, sorry to interrupt you, but we're talking about a UFC killer, right? And that was the baddest man on the planet for a long time, knocking out Brock Lesnar. If you're trying to tell me that this guy didn't know who the dad was and he fiddled with this kid for six, we're not talking about like a day, right? Six fucking months. A little girl, bro. How old was his daughter? Four. Four. Four fucking years old, bro. And not. And you know what pisses me off? When this headline came out, I didn't see anything. That's why I didn't really wasn't super educated on it. When this headline came out, I didn't see anything really along those lines. I just seen Kane Velasquez goes to jail for attempted murder. So I'm thinking like, exactly. oh shit, like yeah. he lost it. Like what the fuck? He like he really went downhill. But then I'm like, right. if you know Kane Velasquez, you followed MMA for a while. I mean, I followed Kane Velasquez's career. I mean, he was always like a, a good guy. He always came across as a really good man. You know, right, right. Like a you killer, but he seemed like he had a, Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I literally just watched an interview with him and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Two weeks before what happened. Yeah. And he was saying that he was taking all these drugs to make him, um, you know, like... Uh, he was trying to be a good. Trying to be what? He like not like steroids he or anything. Was, what was he doing? 
No, no, no. Well, like uh, mushrooms and oh, cane. Like, he was trying to be. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to. He was trying to take all these drugs where he was um, like super, uh, like docile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and he all of a sudden finds out that his, his daughter is. Dude, it's just messed up, man. I, I mean, it's all. I'm per- it's very unfortunate that he ended up killing the wrong guy. I mean, it sucks, especially for him. I mean, like, he, dude, I, call me immature or whatever, but, like, I feel like revenge is really necessary in those. I know you're supposed to give it to God, whatever, bro, but I'm sorry, man. You you do that to my yeah, child, bro. Like, What's that? Uh, like, that, that right there, that whoever it was deserves ten times what they got. Bro, I mean, there, there's no even... I feel like there's no justifi- justified punishment even in that situation. Like, I, it's just, like, you think of the worst thing possible, and that's what you do to somebody like that. A fucking piece of shit. But, uh, bro, I'm going over my, my time limit right now. Um, I'll, let's continue this conversation uh, uh, here in a couple minutes. But, guys, thank you so much for listening to, uh, to me and Connor talk on here about uh, the upcoming UFC 272, which we're all so fucking excited for. Uh, Connor just... Uh, Say goodbye to everybody, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show soon. Hey, uh, super happy to be on the show, and um, very happy to talk to everyone. Hope I can be on it again, and uh, God bless fucking Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> love you, brother. Thank you. I love you, bro. Love you too, my man. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode two of Nick's Unbolted Melon of Pensive Insanity. Uh, it, it was a pleasure, as always, doing the show for you guys. Thank you again to my guests, John Wallace and Connor Crisatelli. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Rocco, say goodbye. Bye. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, guys, have a good one.